Welcome to Just One More Story with me, your host, George Walters, a weekly podcast that starts things off with some unique and interesting articles that were inspired by true and personal events. But it doesn't stop there. Following that, I will take one story from my collection of many and share it with you. So, if you're looking for that special something to start or end your day, you're in the right place. And the great part is, you can listen to all my podcasts for free, anywhere, at any time. So with that, let's get this show on the road. Hi folks, how y'all doing today? Good, I hope. You know, there is one thing that all us humans have in common, and that is eating. We all feed that opening below our nose, day in and day out, 365 days a year. But that's the easy part. The hard part is the growing of the food we eat, which is where the farmers come into the picture. Today, farmers, I believe, are taken for granted, and I wouldn't hesitate to bet that a lot of our young today doesn't even know where or how the food they are eating is grown or where it comes from. From that matter, I bet a lot of them don't even know what they are choosing to eat when going to the grocery store. It seems that the only thing that matters in their mind is whether it is sweet or salty and tastes good. No other ingredients necessary. Now, don't take me the wrong way, as I am sure everyone figures that they are raising their children right, and for most parts, I suspect they are doing the best they can. For my wife and I, I, there is no denying that we had to make a lot of sacrifices through life when it came to our, to our children. One would be that at all times, one of us would be at home looking after them. It was darn hard at times to do, too, but we did it. We never had a daycare or nannies to look after them. Oh, we occasionally had a babysitter come in for the night or two while we went out for a meal or to catch a show at the drive-in theater, but that was about it. The biggest thing, though, was that we wouldn't have had children to begin with if we couldn't care or look after them ourselves. I, for one, can't for the life of me see why a person would even consider having children if they don't want to look after them or be with them. If asked, I think it's time to get back to basics and to, and to reinstate the value of raising our own children, especially knowing what we know now with this virus among us. So, has all that I just said have anything to do with the story today? Well, maybe a wee bit. I hope you enjoy Growing Tomatoes. Thinking back to when my wife and I were farming, it seemed that Every spring, our minds were focused on tomatoes. The thing about fruit or vegetable farming, a person soon learns that there are certain times of year that things have to be done. Even today, where we live now, I find myself out in the vegetable garden doing the same as I did years ago on the farm. For example, come midsummer, once the tomato plants have matured a bit, they should be hilled up, kind of like you would do with potatoes or cucumbers. I know, some would say I never heard of such a thing. But let me tell you, for three generations, our family has done this with great success. What it does is it holds the moisture around the tomatoes along with holding them upright, giving them more time to strengthen their stalks, which will be needed once the tomatoes start to form. Don't worry any if you cover up some of the lower leaves, as most of the bottom leaves don't produce any tomatoes to speak of. Where we live now, early in the spring, I keep all my grass cuttings making piles around my vegetable gardens, letting it rot. 
I pile it on all four corners of the garden as it makes it easier to get at when needed. Then, when them hot days of summer arrive, I spread it around the base of the plants. This not only gives the plants the boost they need, but also kills off a lot of weeds that might arise. Once the rotten grass is put down around the plants, I let it set for around a couple weeks or more. Usually after that, I go and set for a spell, as all that bending seems to take a toll on my old back. Then, when it is well decayed, I start working up the soil along with the grass cuttings. I just walk up, I just walk along with a hoe and pull the earth up to the plants on one side and then back down the other side doing the same. Doing this, you're not only working the grass cuttings into the soil, but you're also cutting off the young tender weeds that are now growing and covering them up. You know, I never dig or pull out the weeds by the roots in the spring or early summer. I just keep cutting them off, using them for fertilizer. Hey, it's free and the tomato plants love it. It takes a bit of time and work to hill them, but as my old dad used to say, you're not going to get much out of the land without a bit of sweat, determination, and hard work. I found that to be true over the years. On another note, some of my friends have asked if I stake my tomatoes. Well, truth be told, I plant them a bit closer together than most would, which allows them to lean on each other, which in turn holds themselves up. So technically, no staking necessary. And if you were to give it a lot of thought, how would a farmer stake, say, 50 or 100 acres of them? They, they don't. It's unheard of. Most of the time, growing them on our farm, they, were just, they would just let be and left to grow on their own. Oh, we would lose a few here and there, but that's to be expected with such large acreage. Today, of course, my lovely wife and I have downsized a lot since selling our farm, but we still put in around 50 tomato plants or so. Most of them we use ourselves with my wife doing up sauces and things come fall along with a lot of tomato sandwiches throughout the summer months, which I love. If it's a good year, we sell what we can't use out by the road on an old trailer I have set up, self-service, where folks just drop by, pick them up, and leave their money in an old tin can that I leave sitting with a rock on top to keep it from blowing away. You know, some would ask if that was a smart thing to do, as someone might just take the produce and not pay. Well. I suppose that could happen. But you know, for all the years we have been selling things out by the road, not once has someone stole from us. If anything, they left more than we was asking. Moving along to other things, occasionally, while my wife and I were farming, we found ourselves having to deal with some frost. What we would do was to soak the ground with water the night before when we knew there was going to be a heavy frost, using irrigation lines that brought the water from our pond to the plants. Doing so usually saved our crop. That remedy works great for a couple nights as the moisture comes up from the warm, damp ground and keeps the frost off the plants. But if the weather stays cold for more than a couple days, that's when other problems arise, like leaf mold, early blight, and oh, many other things. Joys of being a farmer. The thing you shouldn't do is, if it rained the day before the frost, never put plastic over the top of the plant, as with the ground being wet, you would do more harm than good. The only time to cover the plants is if the ground is dry. 
That's another thing I learned from my old dad. You could say old-time wisdom pays off again. Now that the plants are grown and have their root system in place, there are some folks that like to suckle their tomato plants, saying it helps them to produce larger tomatoes. The thing is, old Mother Nature has been around for years, and them suckers are put there for a reason. What would that reason be? Well, I'll tell you. The reason is that them suckers on the lower part of the tomato plant shades the ground, which stops the moisture from being dried up throughout the hot days of summer. The bottom line is, by not suckering, your plants will be healthier and produce a lot more tomatoes. Yes, they may be a touch smaller, but I have found that the smaller tomatoes have the best taste for canning and sand regions. And hey, isn't that what we want in a tomato? Now in saying this, every once in a while, a year will come along that is really wet. When that happens, that's the only time I would recommend you suckering your plants as it will then allow the soil to dry out faster and stop a lot of rotting. How do you sucker the plants? That's a good question. Glad you asked. So, when looking down at your tomato plant, you will see the arms striking off from the main plant. Now look under the arm, and you will see one that is pointing down toward the ground. These are the suckers. They produce nothing. Simply push them in a downward motion, and they will easily break right off. That's all there is to it. Tomatoes have a wealth of health benefits, too many to name, along with new things being found out every day. It's the same as the earth we walk upon. Today, though, a lot of folks believe that the soil is bad for you, but in reality, soil is good. And for those that don't know this, most of the things we eat today come from it, one way or another. I remember years ago when I was a young feller, my mouth would be covered with dirt. The reason being, everything that a young feller or gal plays with, hand or handles, goes into the mouth. And you know, it didn't hurt us one bit. I actually believed it helped us as our systems became stronger, which in turn helped us through life to fight off diseases of all kinds. Myself, whenever I'm in my garden, there is nothing better than to take a handful of fresh work soil, bring it up to my nose, and smell it. The smell that it gives off is something I can't get enough of, especially in the spring. I know, it sounds kind of silly, I suppose, but not to me. Give it a try sometime. I'm sure you'll be pleasantly surprised. It is also worth mentioning that tomatoes also like growing next to other vegetables and things. Here are a few. Asparagus, basil, bush beans, cabbage, carrots, celery, marigold, mint, onions, parsley, and peppers. They don't like growing near corn, dill, fennel, pole beans, potatoes, or raspberries. One meal that I would recommend for folks that will help immensely with a lot of diseases, including cancer, would be this. It consists of mashed sweet potatoes with a salad of finely chopped raw broccoli tomatoes. They are the two main ingredients. Brussels sprouts, cucumbers, and olive oil. That's it, and your body will love you for eating them. The amount of tomatoes and broccoli would be around one and a half cups of raw broccoli, along with two and a half cups of fresh tomatoes to create the anti-cancer combo. What have you got to lose? Finally, don't forget that tomatoes love sun, hot weather, and water. And for those that don't grow their own, don't forget to su support your local farmer's market. 
It's a place where local farmers come together to sell their goods. And right now, here in Canada, they need all the help they can get. That's it for today, folks. But before I go, I would like to mention that all my stories are also available in books. We have seven books to choose from, and each book has over 50 short stories. The titles of the books are One More Story, Moments in Time, Paths We Choose, Times Changing, Keep Turning Pages, Join Me in the Garden, and Nature's Gateway to Health. All of our books are available on Amazon.ca or Amazon.com, in ebooks or paperback. If you would like more information regarding my books or podcasts, you can email me at any time at stories at keepingnotes.com. I'll say that one more time, stories at keepingnotes.com. I'll get back to you. You can also listen to my podcasts on Google Play Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, CastBox, The Walters Post, and Google Home. Just say, hey Google, play Just One More Story by George Walters. And if you enjoy my podcasts, share them with others or tell a friend. In doing so, it will help me make more podcasts for all to enjoy. And finally, I would like to thank you all for listening. And don't forget to tune in every Friday for a new episode of Just One More Story by George Walters.